listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with our AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the guys that are going to make point of differences in your Keeper League teams. Uh, as per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays, how are you mate? Good evening Hef, how are you? Yeah, not too bad thanks and uh, yeah, if you listened to the uh, podcast last week or uh, you're watching the live stream, you'll notice that we are joined by Doss of, um, we'll go with Doss and Friends fame these days. Yes, take two, uh, <laughs> F there. We had to recall this twice, but yes, thank you very much for having me. Uh, glad to be here. I thought we were just going to pretend like that never happened and we didn't have to hit uh, No, definitely not. I'm calling so. you out for it there. <laughs> That's yeah, okay. No doubt about that. <laughs> Hef has, uh, Doss has very lofty standards and didn't expect that, you know, walking into this studio, Hef. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a ripper setup you got here. Definitely <laughs> a high standard. <laughs> oh, it's good to have you, mate. Anyway, and thanks for joining us to help us get through the, uh, the Corona Ball chaos. That we no got worries. going on. I'm pumped to be here, mate. All right. Uh, I guess we'll get started. So, uh, how'd our teams go this weekend? Uh, I won. Uh, wrapped it up yesterday, which was quite nice. Wrapped uh, up early. Actually, wrapped up all of them. So, even my Anvil Fantasy went all right, even though I'm shit at that. But I had a good weekend of uh, good weekend of footy, um, you know, yeah. and me and Doss head to head. Uh, I think Key scored 60 and um, Fiorina scored zero. So, that oh, was yeah, also uh, that's also another win. Where good to see. Good to see a check in the league, no, man. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, 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 <laughs> sorry, just checking. Yeah, by the way, we got a shout out to Zaino. I think he's given up on this league that you're uh, you've invited me to here. I think he's got about eight doughies on field. So yeah, don't worry about uh, it. It's basically the in there, just the percentage booster there. But yeah, uh, after beating me last week as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> you're on the comeback yeah. trail, mate. You'll yeah. The, no, I'm, uh, I'm on a streak here. But yeah, no, my team's did alright as well. I think I haven't really checked the. Uh, the, the leagues yet it's a bit uh, crazy with all this fixture mm. chaos at the moment you forget when fantasy starts and ends but yep uh yeah it's uh it's been a good week i reckon well we uh we're gonna start uh i guess with the round rewind soon but we've got round uh what is it round nine we've got round 10 starting tomorrow mm-hmm. so sunday night here uh for whenever you're listening so uh yeah it's gonna be pretty cha- um, chaotic i guess with the i guess the fixture and uh dos do you have any kind of tips for the listeners or anything what they should be doing in this condensed uh, condensed fixture <sighs> Gee, I think you guys are the masters of more of the loophole <laughs> stuff like that. I'm actually in draft leagues. I'm so slack at doing loopholes. Like, you know, I've got a fair few teams on the go. So doing the loopholes for everyone mm-hmm. is really frustrating. But I'm sure you guys are all over that. So that's probably obviously something to look at. Um, but I think the thing that I'm looking at doing for your keeper leagues, and it's probably something we'll touch on throughout this show, particularly with the games I'm covering anyway. I know I'm doing it. But maybe it's a bit of speculative ad season at the moment i think guys that are on the fringe or even a fantastic opportunity to check out our keepleapod.com.au to check those rookie stats because guys are going to get an opportunity uh, that haven't before we saw it starting this week with a guy like sam draper he he was going to play anyway this year um but i think we're going to see other guys get an opportunity and it's a great time to maybe take a punt on them in your keeper leagues as well and uh, maybe test those unknown players, even if it's just for a cheeky one week off the waiver and see how they go. Yeah, not a bad idea. A preemptive strike, if you will. Yeah, yeah. if you've got a few. If you've got a few available, probably, um, and, and you know they have been reasonable, you know, touted as reasonable fantasy mm. scorers, it's probably time to kind of make those kind of bold decisions with them as well. Yeah. All right, we'll get stuck in the round, rewind in a second, but uh, I've noticed I'm the only one who's cracked my remedy kombucha. What's no. going on here, boys? I'll join you. I'm going to go the mango passion. Okay. What are you going? you got the blood orange or you've got the... Uh, Passion fruit. We'll give the blood orange a crack. Right? Blood orange is my personal Remedy favorite. <laughs> Drink remedy. All right. Uh, good to see you getting uh, on board with the branding. So, all right. Absolutely. Let's move on to the round rewind. All right. 
to the round rewind. Now, boys, I've actually remembered to hit record uh, into this transition, so that's good. Um, and we'll get started. So we're going to uh, let our special guest take it away with the first game of the round, which was last Wednesday night, Western Bulldogs versus Richmond. Uh, Doss, what did you uh, think of the game? What are your takes and who are some players that we should be looking at? Well, it was a pumping. Uh, a few games this weekend were, but we started off with a bit of a pumping. Uh, the Tigers pumped the doggies and they possessed the footy, which probably they haven't done a heap this year, but they played that Mark Happy game style. Beautiful for fantasy numbers, not great for the dogs. So, I mean, I probably wouldn't take a heap. That's probably something else we need to think about this year in particular that maybe we're not thinking about. There's so there's so many ones, like I feel like there's so many one-sided games when it comes to mm-hmm. scores and sometimes you just got to take the good with the bad. So uh, the dogs in this one, you might've had a stanker score from a guy like Lipinski, someone else like that. And I think you've just got to take it on the chin and yeah. hope they don't get dropped for that performance. But uh, you just got to take the good with the bad this year, unfortunately. But is it going to be good going forward for the Tigers? Are they going to do this possession happy game plan a little bit more? It's probably something to look out for. But I remember in the post game show, uh, Shay or Shy Bolton. How do you guys say it, by the way? Shy. I say Shy. I say Shy as well. The, the few of the commentators gone with the Shay, which means that we're probably right. We're <laughs> probably on on point <laughs> there. Yep. Uh, so Bolton and Cochin, uh, when interviewed post game, said that there wasn't a plan uh, put in place to possess the footy for that game. So it wasn't something that they came in to do. They just happened to get those possessions. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily bank on them playing that game style every week. Uh, but they did have thirty one more marks than the Dogs and went at 77 percent efficiency by foot chipping it around, and it helped guys. Like Marlon Pickett, who scored uh, 64 points, a uh, few people getting frustrated with him in Absolutely. the fantasy classic formats as well as your draft leagues in that sort of M8 slot there. But he looked way better playing actually on the outside rather than getting those CBAs. I uh, yep. saw him start on a wing and really was using the combination of his contested work, but on the outside and then just getting that uncontested silk as well. So I really liked the way he went about it. Only 60% owned. I'm sure a fair few people dumped him off and I'd be willing to just take another shot just in case they keep that possession happy game plan. It was chalk and cheese from him last week to this week. Like the Mm. week before he looked almost uninterested and, you know, a bit um, standoffish around some of the contests, but yeah, he definitely played a hell of a lot better. Potentially it's when, when the Tigers are on top and really dominating, he might come out to play a bit more, but, you know, we've always talked about him not being potentially the best fantasy scorer, more of a super coach play. But, yeah. um, look, if the Tigers keep going well, I think, you know, as we see, most people are playing better when, the, when their team's playing better too. So, oh, if the Tigers keep uh, progressing, uh, he could be one to definitely add. All yeah. right. Uh, the next bloke here, Doss, is uh, you're oh, a bit of a fan yeah. of this guy. Big you're, fan. Um, Big fan. I mean, we're in a bit of a fantasy group chat and uh, you can't stop talking about this guy. Who are we talking about? <laughs> Derek. This is another one I'm struggling with the pronunciation, <laughs> but Egmalesi Smith or Egmalese Smith? Which one are you guys sitting well, on? Well, the commentators were saying Egmalese this week, so it was probably Egmalesi then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to the egg. I'm just calling the egg. The, egg, uh, the yeah. egg man, the yeah. walrus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of him uh, going forward for keeper legs. Uh, this year's probably going to be a very bumpy ride. Uh, he's getting low time on ground. It's really his first ever crack at the elite level. And he's 22-year-old, so he's not he's not your fresh uh, spring chicken out there, but 22 is still young enough to develop a heap. Yeah. And really this game, I think I messaged the group chat we're talking about saying, gee, he, he's looking like he's going to get dropped next week. The defensive <laughs> work rate is not there. But it's all his offensive. It's all his offensive work rate. And I think that's all the Tigers are asking for. I mean, 453 metres gained, which was uh, second only to Jaden Short for the Tigers. 
uh, and only 70% time on ground. So that's huge numbers in those limited time. And he, he scored a 52, which isn't setting the world on fire. But this year, that's not too bad for a 22-year-old. I think he's going to be a super nice option when Hooley retires as well. Um, seems to be a good character off the field as well. Um, moving on, because I don't want to spend heaps of time on this game, obviously. <laughs> Sydney Stack, 46 in just 67% time on ground. Replacing Jack Graham looked like as that pressure midfielder. Uh, Jack Graham was leading the pressure acts in the last few weeks. And then Sydney Stack came in, had a game high, 21 pressure acts, seven tackles. He was a pretty nice option last year. Are you guys still high on his long-term prospects? I mean, playing as that midfield role would be nice. Low time on ground, though, hard to tell, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely off him after this season, I guess. He did look good last year. He was playing that kind of halfback almost up to the wing role where he was, uh, you know, racking up a bit. And with Ellis going out, I thought I expected way more from this year. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I've, I've really gone cold. What about you, Kays? Um, I'm definitely cool, cooler on him than I was before. But, um, you know, with him replacing Graham, who looked pretty average the week before, they obviously want someone to be that inside grunt, you know, pressure mm-hmm. tackler kind of guy. And it's potentially between him and Graham for that spot. And what the good thing is about that particular role in the Richmond side is that the tackle numbers for those guys are always so high. Like, even when Graham's playing that role, he might... Yeah. only get 10 or 12 touches but he's laying seven or eight tackles so you know you can bank at least you know 40 odd points you know in tackles alone or, or that yeah. kind of thing so uh, one to monitor and with the back status I think you've got to push him up a bit higher if you are thinking about someone like that too how yeah. long does he hold his spot for this year though like because he's impressed he's still coming back yeah and that's right so, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, a, it's a bit of a raffle guy right yeah, yeah. Something to look at going forward, but yeah, maybe this year probably not. But yeah, you just look at that role and see if it's something that is suited to him going forward. Mm, yeah. uh, Jack Ross scored the 60, but plenty of players sort of got around that mark in this game. And I, I don't think he's had that huge impact maybe we were expecting. Uh, I'm sure I was expecting. I'm pretty sure you guys were as well. Maybe of that high end, really burst midfielder and like, you know, maybe put up an 80 in this sort of a game where it's a a bit of a blowout. I mean, I know it's a lot to ask for a second-year player. Yeah. But I thought he might have been a bit more of an uh, elite scorer even in the second year. We've seen a couple of second-year guys absolutely come out of the gates big Mm -hmm. time. So, um, I mean, I'd look to the guys like uh, the reason I'm on this show and the reason (laughs) I'm doing this particular game, Thompson Dow. You knew you'd take the opportunity (laughs) to get him in there somewhere. I had to get him in, Thompson Dow, 7% (laughs) owned. Someone like him or a Collier Dawkins, um, Check the Keeper League pod for those uh, rookie stats, of course. But 61.8 VFL in, in the VFL last year for Collier Dawkins. Not great, but uh, he included three 80s in his final eight games last season. Mm-hmm. Maybe worth a little cheeky speculative pickup like I was talking about at the start of the show. And a Thompson Dow, 83 in the NAB League, 21 disposals, four marks, two tackles a game. Amazing foot- football pedigree there with the bro- brother of Patty. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's bound to be a superstar with that pedigree. small and, you know, wiener looking. (laughs) Wiener looking. Excuse (laughs) me. I don't respect that. Uh, Edit that out there. Uh, (laughs) Now, the dogs, just quickly, not much to talk about here. They were pretty putrid um, aside from a guy that we're not allowed to mention on this pod because he's uh, far too good. 2G. 2G for P. But... um, the other guy I want to talk about is one of my boys. Uh, you got, I know you guys talk about a lot of my boys on this show, but Bailey Williams, just a shout out, having an awesome season this this season. And he was outstanding in this game, absolutely ripping everything down, intercept possessions. And he might he, he's a good option going forward, I think, down back. 
All right. Uh, sorry, Kat, did you have a comment yeah, on no, that no. one? Yeah, he's, he's cleaning up the back line quite well. Didn't you? I thought you were going to mention that trade that you did the other week where you it's got still rid of him. It's still a win. It's still a win. I brought in a gun elite backman called Bryce Gibbs for him. So, you know. <laughs> Jeez, you're good at trading, man. <laughs> All right. It's uh, a long story, Doss. <laughs> let's move on to uh, Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. Uh, I had a look at my boys this weekend, so I'll sum this one up nice and quickly for the listeners at home so we don't drag on too long. Um, we'll start with uh, Melbourne, and they were garbage in terms of fantasy and actual football as well just uh, couldn't really hit targets Port just sat back picked them up which meant uh, Possession City and Point City really for Port Adelaide but uh, most of the guys that scored well were 2G4P anyway but uh, we'll talk about Melbourne and uh, Nathan Jones so he had 57 points and he's playing a half forward role uh, this season he did find himself in the back lines at one stage as well just kind of uh, I think to stop the uh, bleeding at some stage but didn't really do much but for me you could do a lot worse than Nathan Jones as you know a bench option Um, maybe even your last very very last defender if you scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, yeah, so he's back centre in ultimate footy. He won't get the forward status this year, but he was literally the only guy that I could actually probably think that was something relevant to the podcast uh, we could actually talk about. So, <laughs> Nathan Jones, uh, congratulations. You're the only Melbourne player I'm going to talk about uh, this week. And now on to the 10 port players like everyone. Only got three tonight. Only oh, got three wow. tonight. Yeah, I've been cutting back, you know. I've been, I've been trying. I'm like, a, it's like, you know, I'm wearing the Port Adelaide patches yeah. that I help you cut down, chewing the gum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll talk about Sam Mays. Uh, he had 92 points and he's playing off a halfback. Uh, he had 19 disposals, six mark and four tackles. He's only got mid status in fantasies, but you think he'd get defender status pretty soon. Uh, probably the next uh, position changes as it comes around. I reckon grab him because I know that uh, we've got uh, Burton out injured at the moment, but I still reckon his job is pretty secure with the way he's playing. So um, he's on a fair few waiver um, lists this year as well still. So grab him uh, right now, I reckon, if he's available in your league. Uh, anything to say about Sam Mays, boys? Uh, well, considering that he kept his spot and uh, Leanit went out yep. uh, for tomorrow night's game, probably uh, speaks a bit of volumes too because Leanit's more than a handy player. I suppose a bit, a bit different, but uh, still a pretty handy player. Yeah. Uh, Carl Amon, 78 points, uh, bounced back after a few poor weeks. He had 25 disposals and five marks. Uh, he was playing on a wing, and uh, I think it's actually come to the detriment of uh, Kane Farrell in the last few weeks with uh, Dersma coming back. Back, I said he uh, probably might not get pushed off that wing just uh, with how well he uses the ball, but it does look like he's actually taken a bit of a step backwards since Carl Amon um, has kind of moved out from the in- uh, inside and gone back outside, as well as Dersma coming in. So that's one that's probably affected. But, uh, yeah, um, Carl Amon, I reckon, is having a great season. Um, you know, he does have lean weeks, but... Uh, uh, again, another one that kind of fills your last midfield spot in your keep league teams when, you, when you're digging deep. Uh, last Port Adelaide player, uh, Justin Westoff. So after having two absolute stinker weeks, uh, bounced back with a 68-point game. So uh, playing mostly up forward, but did chop um, out down back. Usually at the end of the quarter, they float him down there just to clog things up a bit. Uh, kicked two goals. And for me, he's really playing for his career. So... He, if he gets another contract, he could be the game's record holder in the AFL for Port Adelaide. So he'd be pretty desperate, I think, to you know have a decent season and try to win that next contract. So I think if you're chasing a flag and you can pick him up pretty cheaply because the owner would be thinking, you know, he's going to retire at the end of the year, I'll take whatever I can get for him. If you can pick him up and just sit him on your bench just in case you get an injury come finals time, I think you could do a lot worse than Justin Westoff. Uh. Yeah, I think he loses all his value if they play Laddams and Lysett together, though, because we've seen him in the past. The year that he went ripper and went off the charts was that year that he was a backup ruck and played yeah. a lot in the ruck, averaged about 10 hitouts. I mean, he had three hitouts in this one, meaning he did chop out. Yeah. Um, I'm just not a big fan of Westoff at, the, at his current stage of his career with the amount of weapons they've got going around up forward. I think unless he gets that sort of midfield time, if you will, that I don't think he's going to be necessarily an awesome scorer 
unless they do just roll with either him and Laddams or him and yeah. uh, Lysette. It depends what you're expecting. Like if you're going for the kind of, you know, post-corona 60, I reckon he's good for a score like that most weeks. And for your bench up, well, not most weeks, but, you know, he pops up every he now and then. He dropped a couple of turds the, day, the couple <laughs> oh, of weeks definitely before. Does. He dropped definitely a few does. 20s there, mate. I mean. but, uh, yeah, like, but like look at his career, though. He's always yeah. been a pretty reasonable scorer. And like I said, just for cover for injuries, that sort of stuff. And if you are kind of in that flag position, you, you want to be thinking about what happens if I get an injury just before finals after the trade deadlines. Mm. You want to be stocking up on a few. I reckon he's one you could get pretty cheaply. Uh, yeah, to go just to, for a bit of backup. Anyways, uh, we'll go back to Doss. Uh, yeah, yeah. Carlton versus Hawthorne. Here. I know you don't. Want, have you guys talked about Georgiades in the previous weeks? So that way you're sort of. I can't believe over. you missed him out. That was I'd, a monumental yeah, it's true. performance. Sorry, I've, I've completely forgot to put him on there. <laughs> the but, only uh, guy I wanted to talk about you. Didn't bring <laughs> yeah. him up. He's Sorry, a big boy. Let's, yeah. let's talk about him. But, so, Miss Georgiades, what did he score? I don't have any 72 yeah. AFL Fantasy, three goals, two. But he is an enormous unit. What's he? Yeah, he 190 something. Looks like yeah. he's got that frame where he's going to put on more bulk. He's athletic as well. Like, <laughs> Yes. Right now, so yeah, I think Man. yeah, I just don't know. Like, as a as a, I guess if he plays as like the third tall forward role, like how often are those guys good fantasy scorers going forward? Like look at someone yeah. like Finlayson. Um, yeah, but he's got more stuff. tricks. Like you look at him so. and someone like Luke Jackson, and even though Jackson didn't touch it much on like their ability to touch, uh, grab the ball off the ground so cleanly ball, at yeah. pace, and like for guys that are you know two hundred close to two hundred centimeters. Yeah, I think that him, um, you know, the King boys and stuff like that, they are a completely different kind of uh, forward that we haven't seen yet for a while. Like your Finlayson's and those guys, they're still a bit lumbering. They're still, mm. you know, a bit of a classic key forward. But yeah. uh, I think these guys have so many strings to their bows. Wouldn't shock me if he if he does mid mid stuff in the future too. Just just You're throwing ready? that out there. He's got that sort of frame that looks very Jared Berry-esque, except okay. even maybe he's taller than him as well. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's the next Jared Berry because obviously he's got a You're goal scoring he's the next Paddy Cripps. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, obviously, yeah, he was a, he's 18, I think. He's yeah. not even yeah. 19. He's, he's, he's and he didn't even play footy last year. He's a monster. Yeah, so he's out with a knee. So. Beast. Yeah. All right, now we'll move on to uh, Carlton versus Hawthorne. All right. Uh, well, Carlton clearly struggling without their best player, Paddy Dow, at the moment. Um, the, it was an insane turnaround, though. They were up by 31 in the first quarter, Carlton, and then they kicked the first five goals. And then, because um, I was listening to the radio for the first little bit, and it was bang, 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 bang. Then as soon as I, I was watching, it was all Hawks. It was just nonstop Hawks. I think about tail end of the first quarter till the end of the game, they just dominated possession, mm. um, and it was just all Hawthorne. So... Uh, I think it was one of those games where for Carlton, it was only Cripps and Kerno that stood up again. And I think that's that's mm-hmm. still a concern going forward. We thought in the last few weeks, other guys stood up. Obviously, um, their recruit, my, I'm blanking, uh, Jack Martin, mm-hmm. obviously stood up as well in this one, but he was sort of that mid forward. But guys like um, that they were expecting to come through, uh, I think Will Setterfield had a really quiet game in this one, 31 fantasy, eight yeah. disposals, one kick, seven handles. He's a guy that they were really hoping to come through. And I'm genuinely saying this, I think they're still trying to find that mix and it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like a Paddy Dow gets a crack in the <laughs> latter parts of this season. A guy like Matt Kennedy too, and now he's getting probably beyond the ownership mm-hmm. that we're talking about here, 79% ownership. What's with coaches when a guy plays a good game and there's plenty of guys that we're going to talk about on this show that are like this yep. has a ripper first game back 76% time on ground and I think that was probably due to a few injuries that happened then the next game 63% 65% 66% mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it's necessarily tank related. He's one of the hardest runners out there, but that's just so annoying. He's probably cooked from yeah. that 76% time on ground. He needs to yeah. rest up for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about it beyond the show. Like, Carlton, I worry because they've got a lot of guys who are similar kind of players. You know, like we saw David Cunningham have that amazing game, yeah. you know, six weeks ago, and he's never played that same role since he, yeah. you know, basically was best on ground. So, same kind of frustrations I know a lot of fantasy coaches have. Mm. But yeah, I think you're right. I think with the, the mix, who complements Cripps and Kerno is going to be the big question question no one's like people put their hand up week in week out but we're not seeing that big breakout from yeah. any of that next crop of the court Carlton mids which, which and that's hurts. probably why I think look at the guys that aren't playing right now Who who's going to step up and take that is it one of the guys that's already playing is it just hold faith with a guy like Will Setterfield that you guys have mentioned on the show in previous weeks is it just hold faith with him that he's going to come good he just had a stinker or is it fine guys like Zach Fisher 53% owned Paddy Dow probably like 0% owned <laughs> just, on Paddy Dow, you and just on Paddy Dow do you think he's actually a chance to play for Carlton in the uh, in the practice match this week or do you reckon he'll be one of those players that they dish off to the um, the other team and help fill in like uh, Gold Coast have been doing the last well, few weeks uh, well, he did Fiorini play. didn't play for Gold Coast this week apparently he played uh, yeah, they've, for yeah they've uh, sent him off on the trade block already <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully he can find a new place in, uh, in the off season but so, yeah no he, he's actually injured at the moment Paddy Dow again he, he came back for one practice game and been injured but I'm, I'm talking just look look at the wire see a guy like Zach Fish I think he'll actually definitely come back in he was an emergency this week so he's probably a guy that I'd be looking at he's been close the last few weeks like he's even yeah. named a few weeks ago and then was a laid out with injury then emergency since always yeah. on the extended bench as well yeah, and just quickly, like a guy like Tom DeConning, do you think he'll get a shot um, coming up? I mean, Pitnett hasn't been setting the world on fire. He's been playing a role and he's been playing well, but he's never played extended period of time at the top level. They've got this condensed fixture. I know they have the bye, I think, this week. Yeah, so, do. you know, it might hurt uh, DeConning's chances. But Is Cruiser any chance of coming back anytime soon? I don't think so. I'd Isn't have he to officially dead? Yeah, yeah, probably think if they buried him. Yeah, I think he's out. But I'm just a bit worried with with someone like them. You know that they don't have. You know, with Harry Mackay is basically the, there's not a whole heap of experience in that Colton side. Tall, mm. like yeah. with tall guys. So maybe it is a bit risky to bring in a young kid. You know, while Pitnett's doing an okay job. Like yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's interesting. I also want to flag something. Just looking when you look at your. Uh, fantastic resource for looking at uh, VFL stats, particularly for Ruckman. This is a thing that I noticed on another Ruckman last year that I was researching, but beware with the VFL stats for Rucks. It's always off-putting because yeah. you got to remember a lot of the time they've got to Ruck with the other second and third string guys going up for the same spot. So, like, I remember looking at Sydney last year. I was like, gee, um, so-and-so only averaged this amount last year. And it's like, yeah, because he was playing with Sam Naismith and Cal Sinclair in yep. the same team. So, anyway, with DeConning, he was playing with – now, I didn't check every game, but Andrew Phillips and Matt Lobie were in that VFL side last year. So, his average of 59.5 – you know, it might be a little bit off and he might actually be a little bit of a better scorer at the mm. top level. So That said, you get, you get some absolutely huge scores from Ruckman in the VFL as well, which can also be off putting. Like you look at Tom Campbell, yeah. who goes huge in the VFL and then can't produce anything at AFL level. So I think Rucks are the, probably the, the biggest wonders um, when you're looking at their state league scores. So yeah, I probably wouldn't read into them too much like you're saying. Yeah, just uh, try to kind of monitor when they're coming in and, you know, what sort of players they are when they do come in. Absolutely. Now onto the Hawks really quickly. Jarman Impey looked awesome. He did. One of Kays' boys, is he on your bus? Mm. Uh, he's not on my bus. Okay, no. that's all right. Not Don't yet. Worry about it. Not yet. 
<laughs> well, he was awesome coming back from that ACL injury. Um, he averaged 71 in 2019, but if you take out his injury-affected ACL game, he was averaging 75 uh, points a game because he just scored just nine and then did the blew out the ACL. But he had 57 in only 62% time on ground on return, looked really good, and he's only 52% owned. Yep. Uh, obviously, pick up Will Day, 62% owned. He's getting out of reach now. But, I mean, he didn't score great, but he just looks class. He does. And uh, Finn McGuinness, just one to watch on those speculative ad types, um, just one to look at at 16% owned. Yeah, nice. All right. Uh, who is it next? Is it you, Case? Uh, it is. Oh, it's the Essendon Brisbane game. Wasn't that a joy to watch? Did you even, did you even watch the second half? Case? Like you told uh, me you, you flipped actually, over to the golf. I started watching <laughs> golf after the Andrew McGrath decision. I lost all faith in football <laughs> after that. Like the umpiring will be yeah. poor from both sides, and that is just if that's what we're if that's what footies come to. It's uh, it's not for me. I'm he sorry. Was, he was even trying. Like he was he got trying to get up. out as well. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was shocking. Yeah. But, yeah, there was a lot of and yeah, there was a lot of throws as well in that game. I know it's you know, it, I don't want to talk about umpire. Yeah. Gets me too angry. <laughs> Basically, the whole bombers uh, night can be summed up by the fact that Jordan Ridley top scored with 67. So it was an absolute scummy night. To, uh, regardless of the umpires there. Uh, a couple of guys to pick out though. We've got to talk about Sam Draper. Uh, 55 Ooh, yeah. points from Big Don. Uh, had 21 hitouts, uh, nine touches and one big clunk. Now he laid a couple tackles too. Uh, probably should have kicked the goal early on. He's got a bit of an awkward ball drop there. But um, as an ex-soccer player, we can probably forgive that if he keeps getting his hand on the ball in the in the middle. Um, look, Oscar McInerney had 23 hitouts uh, against him. But uh, I do like the way that Draper got his hand to the ball. He was really actually putting it in, in our mid-spot where we yeah. haven't really had that recently with bell chambers etc so look he's a great size he's a big strapping boy uh 47 owned so i think that'll be keep rising obviously because Absolutely. he was very very uh good to watch and look we've talked about this a bit you know bell chambers is very injury prone uh phillips is you know really mid-tier kind of ruckman and if draper's good to go he's going to be leading this uh don's side for a long time do you think for the time being they keep playing together or do you reckon pretty soon they're going to try to try and one out for Essendon? Uh, interesting. I think it might end up becoming a bit of a case-by-case who they're playing yeah, kind okay. of thing. Like if, you know, you could probably let Sam Draper go against Tim, Eng- Tim English or something like that because you know that potentially English might have him around the ground, but you're going to win that, that ball inside the centre. So it might be a bit dependent, um, you know. They probably didn't need to play Bell Chambers yeah. against uh, against Oscar McInerney. So the fact Draper, like I, I thought Draper might be the chop out just on his opening game, but he started that first yeah. centre bounce. Obviously, played more ruck than Belcho in yeah. this one. It seemed anyway. So the other thing is Essendon have no tools at the moment. We're depleted with injury, so yeah, that is, that's another reason why Bell Chambers might have played. Uh, the other guy is Tom Cutler. He's on my bus, Hef. Uh, he only had the 40 <laughs> points. He started the game all right and very much faded until the last quarter. But uh, I was watching him closely. He was running really hard up and down the wings. Uh, we just couldn't get it to him because we couldn't uh, hit a target all night. But uh, 11 touches, no tackles, which is very disappointing. I want some uh, plus fours, please, Tommy Cuts. But I think he'll be better off for the, the run. The Bombers need some of that drive. We were very stagnant, very chippy around, and, and that's, not a, that's, not, uh, that's not how we play. But uh, I think at 54% owned, he could be a real sneaky ad because the Bombers have no buys coming up, which we know. So if you are playing through the buys, 
and you're not taking your averages, you need the guys that are playing. Uh, we know that Tom Cutler has a massive ceiling and uh, I think he'll be better off for the run. Uh, 40 in a game where the top score was 67, it's not the end of the world as yeah, well. True. That might, that's that's a bit deceiving on your waiver if you say, oh, he scored 40, that's trash. But when 67 was your top score, you know, yeah, it's probably more like a 60 in, exactly. in, in a game where the top <laughs> score is 90. Which I'd be happy to take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll go on to the Lions who are super impressive. Now, uh, the four guys I'm going to talk about are all defenders. Now, we're talking about taking uh, stats out of context and that kind of thing, you know, the Roos went nuts against the Crows, so you probably don't want to, you know, think about those scores too much because the Crows are absolutely shit. But in the same way, saying that, that uh, the Lions absolutely dominated us out the back line now, <clears throat> it's Alex Witherden. We'll start off with him. 93 points, return from the dead, uh, not cited since round one, which uh, a decision that's left a lot of people scratching their heads, especially us fantasy coaches who, yeah. you know, either kept or took him quite high in drafts. But look, 25 touches with uh, 20 of those being kicks. Um, it's just an absolute fantasy coach's dream come true. Uses the ball super well as well, 84%, which is, I think it's been a bit of his knock, I think, previously, which is why Rich has kind of jumped him over the I last few months. I think it's more the defense. Yeah. Uh, like, he, he's always been a quality user. I think it's I think it's his defensive work rate. And I remember he even pointed out that he's working so hard on that in the offseason because I think he did get beaten in a really crucial moment last year in the in the finals. And I think it's stuck in Fag's memory. That That's why I think he's <laughs> he struggled to get back in. I think yeah. he's got a moment stuck in his head. But I feel like he just doesn't like him and, yeah, I and think, numerous well, issues. I think like, you're saying it's a fantasy coach's dream seeing a guy come back. I reckon... Um, um, this festival of footy, as they as they keep calling it, yeah. it is almost a, a fantasy coach's dream because we get to see these guys that like they have to play the guy. Like I'm sure Fiorini is going to get another game in the next couple of weeks yeah. out of necessity. And guys like Withen and coming in, Sire, Constable. Yeah. It's like yeah, true. We're forcing you guys to play our mm-hmm. our balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get them out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great. Uh, but look, it, it'll be hard to see him lose his spot going forward. He was uh, very, very impressive yeah. uh, the other night. Uh, Zach Bailey, 82. He's continued his super hot run of form. Uh, had 16 touches along with seven marks and five tackles. He's starting to really accumulate well. Uh, um, he's getting a lot of those cheapy kicks and cheapy, cheapy marks in the back line, which we do love to see um, through there in the wing. So I think for me, he's only going to keep getting better and better. Uh, and he should be a guy you're pushing to try and get into your, your sides if you can uh, for a trade. Because I still think you might better get him relatively cheap for what he could become. I think he's going to be a very talented player in that, in that Brisbane side. How long till he's 2G4P, do you reckon? What do we give him? Oh, he's only had a couple of good scores. He needs to- it's three I, good weeks in a row, I reckon. Yeah, but he needs to really like play this season out, I think, because he started off very quiet. I reckon if he does it again, he's close. I think you've you've called overs there, mate. We need to, <laughs> we need to see a bit more. I've, right. got, I've still got a lot of Zach Bailey to talk about. Right. Uh, Grant Birchall, uh, 70 points from him. He had another solid night for the real grandpa of that line's back line. Uh, 13 kicks, two handballs and six marks. Just basically shores him up nicely at the back line there. I think we've talked about this most weeks, Hef. Uh, he's a must target if you're going for a flag because his body actually seems sound in 2020, which is actually crazy uh, and adds to the silliness of this year that Grant Birchall is fit and firing. And he's only... Only 59% owned, which I think he's a nice little grab off the, the waiver wire if you can because he's putting out consistent scores um, and definitely is there. I'm shocked he's only 59%. That's yeah, crazy. so am I. I was very shocked because he's got a name about him too. So for someone like that who uh, has history, uh, he's playing well. 
And uh, yeah, scoring well at the moment. Dossie's uh, just uh, picking him up right now as we speak. On no, I'm three. looking up Zach. I'm looking up <laughs> Zach Bailey. I'm saying, is what's his role like that he's playing at the moment? It's he's more kind of playing wingy. Yeah, because I'm saying, could you look at the other side of the table on this one and say he's an ultra sell high because he's going to be a pure mid next year, isn't he? Yeah, if he keeps this up. True. So I mean, just look at the other side of it. If you That's get a ripper offer off of for him, you know, running at 96, 85, 82 in his last three, that is some massive numbers. And I mean, if he's doing that as a midfielder, you wouldn't complain anyway. Way, but you know it's an opportunity that sort of thing is an opportunity if you do don't think it's sustainable then uh, send out not the a offers call. not a bad call yeah I'd find it if, for me personally if I had him I'd find it very hard to let go of him right now though I think so absolutely yeah. <laughs> uh, lastly for the Lions Noah Answorth he had 65 points look he played 17 games last year uh, and it's only his second game in 2020 he averaged 56 last year in that uh, inaugural year and I thought he looked pretty good so it was actually good to see him back in the Lions side on the weekend look he's another smart user off the halfback line he had the 12 kicks 5 handles and 6 marks um, look and look the, the Lions did it with ease uh, on Friday night, so I don't think that would be the greatest indicator. And you know, if someone like Rich comes back, I think that he might be the first one to to miss out. But uh, it does just so it does it does just show the the kind of stock that Brisbane have in their in their back catalogue. So I think uh, I'd be happy to have a look at him maybe next year in a in a, in a draft as a, a late speculative pickup. Um, but I think this year he'll he'll find his way out the side uh, soon. Okay, interesting. All right, mm. who else you got? Uh, right, so over to North Melbourne versus Adelaide. So uh, what another great game of football this was. Uh, look, <laughs> the Crows, uh, I thought the Crows could win and they yeah. proved that they were easily. <laughs> this was this was um, bottom easily. versus second to bottom and they got done by 70 points. It's yeah. unbelievable. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like how can you be that bad? Uh, like yeah, I've played no. in footy sides who have been bad, but we don't think we've been losing to the second bottom side by 10 goals. No, but I have played against sides that probably would lose to the second bottom side. Yeah, it's just just horrible. (laughs) But uh, look, uh, we'll start off with Paul Seedsman for the Crows. He had 89 points. We touched on him last week as one of the Crows players to watch. He had 20 touches and a goal. I think he's going to be super important for them this year because he provides that drive. He's a bit of a a senior figure there. And I think he's one to target for next year too. Like I know that, you know, his value is up at the moment because he's he's gone back-to-back good scores, but... I think the Crows are still going to have no one good next year. So they're going to have to keep playing guys like Seedsman. He's only 28, so he's still got, you know, two or three years uh, of good footy left in him. I think that you might be able to get him, you know, you know, maybe a little bit underrated, I think, because I think that his scores will naturally improve as well. We've seen that he can score big on his day. Yeah. So I'd be kind of keen to have a piece of Paul Seedsman for 2021. Just with the, yeah, the midfielders they got out as well at the moment. Yep. I, I can't see him moving anywhere and I can see him scoring this pretty consistently. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Shane McAdam for the Crows he had 72 points easily his best AFL game Uh, only had the 10 touches but did kick the two snags He's really just making the most of his opportunities in that uh, depleted Crows midfield. I kind of see him, uh, Lockie Murphy and Tyson Stengel all, you know, maybe bobbing up, having a good week here or there, just if they can get into that midfield for a few CBAs or up the ground and get a few cheapies or kick a few goals. But I don't really rate any of them as, uh, I don't want to say AFL players, but uh, <laughs> AFL fantasy, players. <laughs> fantasy, fantasy gold. I, I kind of, you know, find them as just ones that's, Potentially get sucked in for a good week or two, but as a long-term play, no for me. Yeah, there's a few guys on the Crows list that probably aren't quite AFL players that are getting a gig at the moment. Uh, their case, uh, including you wanna, one. You want to name a name, Duff? <laughs> oh, you know, just uh, in case. Uh. But uh, with Shane McAdam, though, just quickly before we have the uh, the big stash, probably yes. that's going to happen. Um, McAdam's a guy that has got. He's a guy that I've seen get in the right position 
so many times that it comes down a few of the crow's big moments this year where it's like okay if they kick this next goal they're in with a chance he's always the guy that gets responsibility but he kind of stuffs it up every time yeah and i think it's awesome that he's getting those spots so he's already 25 years old though or something but the fact he's getting those spots is awesome the fact he's not finishing them is not great but yeah he scored pretty well in this one so yeah he's solid enough and and he he looked all right the week before too uh wouldn't bank on it though no i don't think i'd be banking okay he's on the show doc here i see you've got bryce gibbs written here he only scored 42 (laughs) why is why is he on the pod uh, because he's definitely <laughs> pod worthy. <laughs> like he's, he's not. De- he's definitely shit enough for the pod. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is he too shit? No. Well, I was just thinking. I was just thinking that you know, like this week we've seen the return yeah. of Sire, Blakely. You know, all these guys yeah. that people have been have drafted or invested in. And I know everyone. It's, Gibbs would have been kept by eighty percent of. It's uh, got nothing to do with you um, getting him in a trade in it this week or last week, is does it? If you'll let me explain <laughs> while I'm talking about him, Hef, I'm happy to go <laughs> into trying to it. justify the trade a little uh, bit. Here? Definitely not. No, <laughs> uh, twelve touches, two marks, and two tackles for Bryce. I suppose if you want to play some positives versus negatives, he played down back, so potentially one that means uh, <laughs> the is, positive is he played down back. Yes, because okay. it means that he was down back. And that he could get a chance to go into the midfield a bit more coming up because, look, the Crows still got smacked in the midfield. So, that's not his fault. So, they got to try something else. Tell us the negatives, Kaz. Yeah. Uh, the negatives, he's always going to be the first name on the chopping block. Yeah. Like, every <laughs> time. You should have just cut off the positive is that he played. Yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. And that's, yeah. that's his own uh, achievement there. And then, yeah, unfortunately, it's probably- Look, Bryce was steak knives in my trade. So, I'm not invested heavily in him. Uh, Doss, what do you reckon for someone like Bryce Gibbs? You know, like, are they going to- persist or is it time to play no. Schoenberg or someone like that? Oh, he, he's just, he's, um, he's come in to give the guys a rest and, and yeah, that's about it. I, I don't, th- I think they literally only mentioned his name for the first time when they're saying, oh, this condensed fixture's coming up. Gibbsy, it's your chance. He's in the bracket of the size of the Constables. Like, I think he's just come in to fill the void and yep. help out the guys get through this this schedule. Yeah. Uh, I did leave Ben Keys off the show, Doc, because he's basically too good for the pod. Oh, get oh fucked, he is. God. He's a tackling machine. <laughs> He's the best tagger in the league. He's probably in the top three of the Crows BNF. Like, what more does a guy have to do? I don't know. Just <laughs> not play for the Crows. And Well, yeah. he's playing. And unfortunately, there's another guy who has a boy here on this pod and he All doesn't right. play the AFL. All right. Well, I've got my argument ready. Are we allowed to do this? <laughs> so, do, you, do you still want to stay? Or? Are we allowed to do He's this? He's ready to go. Go. I've right, got my debate. Right, come I've on. got my debate ready. You've got your, go. your doc ready, I'm guessing. So, All right, just keep it within under five minutes here, boys. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> if your main argument is that he's- the reason he's not good is that he's not playing AFL football. Mm-hmm. I pose this question from a keeper yes. perspective. You mm-hmm. are you are the keeper league, we are. We are. league pod yes. here, I believe. Yes. Um, just because Kieran Jack, Jared McVeigh and Ben McGlynn were playing ahead of Tom Mitchell, <laughs> did that diminish his keeper value long term? Just because Jack McRae got benched and subbed out by Brendan McCartney because he was winning too much pill, <laughs> did that hurt his keeper value since then? More, more recent examples, we've got Witherden on the weekend or Blakely just moments ago showing that perhaps it isn't them. That's the problem. Hashtag due out. <laughs> so if your argument is that Keys is playing and Fairin is not, it's a bad, bad argument because it's the Keeper League pod, not the outlier single season pod. So I've got a few comparisons here in my completely unbiased Keys versus Fairin comparison. The averages this year, averages this year, mm-hmm. 64.3 for Fairin, 61.4. For your boy, Ben Keys. Keys, he's got the worst fantasy average, 0.6 more handballs per game, 
more contested possessions, more tackles. So I'm doing the positives for Keys. More pressure acts. It's actually pretty impressive. He's top 10 in the league for pressure acts. So I'm going to give it to him. Do you points for that? And he's got uh, <laughs> more games under his belt. <laughs> Fair any. Better fantasy average, more disposals, more kicks, more effective kicks, better kicking efficiency, better kick to handball ratio, more marks, more meters gained, more uncontested possessions, more intercept possessions. And again, better fantasy average. Case. Opportunity, no, at the moment. <laughs> we'll allow that. But look, I'll give it to you right now. Keys is doing okay. Fair any. Long term, this is a keep leg pod. Keeper. Fair any. Keys. Mid next year. No, thank you. I'm just going to chime in with they both suck. So let's just move on. <laughs> Fine. And I didn't have a can argument written down. I wasn't expecting this barrage, but you know, well done, Doss. You've got me thinking about my boy now. Ambushed him there. Yeah, I'm actually rattled. I'm actually rattled. But you know, I'm happy to bank his thank 61 you. points from the weekend. I had more, but yeah, this is going a little Question. Wild, All right. We'll just quickly, then we'll finish off. Where's, where would Fiorani go next year? To play, to get, yeah. To well, get I, want him, I honestly think he'd be gunning Carlton. Because he'd be next to Patrick. That's just where everyone goes, though, when they can't get a game. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I mean, Adelaide, he'd be absolutely dominating right now. So imagine if they were in the same side next year. Oh, Keith wow. and Fiorini. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fantastic. Well, you guys would buy memberships. I mean, I was just looking, though, at the stats in terms of where Keys is at for a fantasy player, though. And, and realistically, like, it is, for me, I think it is just a one season wonder. Yeah. Look, I. <sighs> If he can keep the this forward status, which he won't next year, is going to be the issue because he's yeah. almost going to be unretainable as a, a mid only. But look, look, he's tackling, he's doing those you're kind of things. It, like, right. You're enjoying it. I'm right enjoying now. it right now. <laughs> you see, it's <laughs> funny because like everyone <laughs> in the fantasy world, like you're the you're the keys guy. Like yeah. you literally are the keys guy of the fantasy world, and it's been a great 2020. And you're just, guys. You're just rubbing you've it in everyone's face. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a great 2020. <laughs> now right, hurry up and talk about sorry. the next guy because this is uh, is becoming one of my boys. He uh, might even be on the bus. He's gone. Yeah. He's not on the pod anymore. Jed oh. Anderson, he had 123. Now, I know that there's a Crows bump and, you know, they've been conceding a lot of points, but he is actually too good for the pod. No, oh, that's so satisfying. I remember taking him with the second round pick this year and just laughing in my face. He's finally hit his straps. <laughs> like, is he, he actually was touted as being a good player at Hawthorne when he was there and then their tight side was so strong and he got the chance. But it seems like he's finally got his body right. He's got into that engine room at North and he's he's ready to go. The one thing I do worry about is Cunnington uh, not being in the side because he seems to have stepped into that same role and he seems to be producing very similar numbers to what Cunnington does in that role. I'm a bit concerned when he does come back how they go together. Yeah, and, and Jed Anderson, when Cunnington's in the side, tends to be a 60% time on ground guy. Yeah. He's getting 75% even in the limited game time right now. Like yep. He pumped out that huge score in that time, so that's no worries. But Jed Anderson's always been tease. the tease. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's leading the team in contested possessions in this game, which is Cunnington's role. So, mm. I mean, his back's pretty cooked anyway, though, so he might get an extended run here with the Goderson. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going <laughs> to drop that. Uh, <laughs> it's a draft up yeah, you know, exactly. that's, that's their it's that's their goat little trademark okay uh, Luke McDonald had 118 and just took the piss uh, I can't believe I'm saying this but he had 35 touches 8 marks and 2 tackles now talking about guys who don't get time on ground compared to guys who do get time on ground McDonald had 94% time on ground uh, on Saturday and averages 89% over this season so he's obviously absolutely flying and rock hard fit so Look, I'm not a massive rap on McDonald, but he has played a really good last three weeks. And look, those Tom on ground numbers uh, do make for good viewing. But look, as a defender, 
and at 53% owned, I still think there's potentially a chance you could uh, take him with a bit of confidence, but I'm a bit wary of that Crows bump. Uh, personally, I'm not sold, but I wouldn't want to talk anyone out of uh, jumping on McDonald to fill some voids over the next couple of weeks. I'm actually in a top-up draft right now. We're going into finals next week in one of my leagues, and we're drafting five players now to cover the buys because we're not doing averages or anything like that, and he's actually available. So, could be fingers in- crossed he gets to me. Go for it. Now we're my... Uh, I got my league mates are probably listening and now know that I want him, so it's <laughs> fucked. Uh, ben McKay had 91. Uh, look, he's done what his twin brother hasn't been able to do this year, which is put up a good score. He had uh, 15 touches, eight marks and seven tackles. Now, another one I'm probably not expecting this every week, but uh, he was handy for my uh, fantasy classic this week of my bench. But uh, look, tall defender like that, uh, they'll have their good days. I think it's another Crows bump there. And lastly, LDU. If we're talking about speculative ads, I think he'd be my speculative ad of the week. 78 points for Luke Davies-Uniac, 17 touches and two snags. I think it's a real confidence booster for him because he's had no luck with injuries over the last few years. Uh, A good game like this, he's had plenty of hype. Uh, I know there was a lot of... um, you know, salary cap hype originally. But look, if he can go on with it and uh, finally get into his straps, there's a few injuries at North. Could just really give him a, a good pathway to have a crack at it. So I'd be monitoring him or if you can, uh, maybe add him as a, as a centre forward. You could do a lot worse. Yeah, great ball user. And they're not guys like Aaron Hall and uh, Sean Higgins, they ain't going to last forever. So Correct. yeah, fantastic choice. I, I picked him up for one week the other week. I did my speculative <laughs> ad. I was like, yeah, maybe maybe not quite ready this year. And then he comes out and, and scores a field score, unfortunately. But that's how, how it goes. All right, I'll keep it rolling. Uh, St. Kilda versus Sydney. Uh, Nick Hine had 84 points for the Saints, 16 touches, five tackles, and kicked three goals one. Look, he scored 50 from 68% time on ground last week and then had 84 from 79 this week. So, look, if he can uh, stay on the ground, his scoring's on a only going to continue. Um, look, he's another a dangerous addition to that Saints forward line. You know, Butler's flying. Um, uh, who else is up there? Sinclair, those kind of guys. So there's a few of the, you know, mid to, mid-sized kind of players up there. Look, three goals one. He averaged 88 last year in the VFL. So he does have a bit of uh, fantasy game. I know he's a bit of an older bloke. I think he's about 25. So he's got, not necessarily- He's got the jets, like you said. Chicken, he's so yeah. fast. Like, mm. I remember he burnt someone, took two bounces against, I think it was Florin, who's not- not, not the slowest bloke going yeah. around. He just burnt him down the field. So, yeah, yeah it's nice. But uh, look, as a forward, definitely one you could uh, pop into your side as a, a speculative ad this week. Dan Butler had 79 points. Hef doesn't rate him for some reason, Doss. I don't have to repeat myself every, every week. It's not that I don't rate him. I just said if St. Kilda aren't good, he won't be good. And St. Kilda are good. So, so he's, he's good. He's fine. So yeah. is he too good for pod then? <laughs> he's getting close. He's getting close. He's a tackling machine. He kicks basically two goals What's his each average? week. What's his average? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I it'd, can be, find that it'd out. be solid. He's only had a couple of bad scoring weeks. Yeah, yeah. I reckon he's close, Case. Yeah. I might give him one more. Hang on one second. He's Dan been a Butler's massive surprise. Yeah, yeah. Year, 66.6. That hasn't oh, updated yet, though. So he'd probably be, uh, be close to a 70 average, which is an 84 average. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's up there. It's close. Very it's close. close. Yeah. One more week, Hef. Right. Uh, Shane Savage, he had 67 points and was a late in for Seb Ross and probably would have outscored Seb Ross, I think, on the weekend uh, from what he's been dishing up this year. Uh, 14 touches, 13 of them being kicks, played a bit up forward and a bit down back. 
even slotted in two behinds. But uh, look, with injuries and rotations coming up, um, he's been an 80 average player for the last three years. Now, with a bit of opportunity, you know, we might see a few guys rested. Obviously, Seb Ross didn't quite get up. At only 40% owned, I wouldn't mind just uh, getting him off the waiver wire if he does hold his spot for this week because he's got plenty of pedigree as a good scorer, always kicks the ball, uh, could easily slot back into that uh, Saints defense if he needed to or kind of play a bit more, you know, wing up forward role. So he's one I've actually got my eye on too if I was uh, playing the waiver wires. Lead meters gained for the whole St. Kilda outfit, but I think he, by the looks, only went by 57% by foot. So it's probably not the guy that they want to keep giving the pill coming out of the back line. Not a huge fan of Savage myself, but yeah, I mean... Another ultimate tease, I reckon. Always looks like he's almost about around the mark to be a fantasy What's jet. What's wrong but with an 80 average when, when he plays, he scores. That's yeah. the thing. So if you, if you like yeah. him, you like him this year. But uh, yeah, I was never big on Shane Savage this year and yeah. I think I'll stick. I do there. agree that 80 is really solid. Like he's someone you'd pick up. Um, I guess if you just want someone each week, he would do, you know, get you that mid 70s to the low 80s, that kind of score each week. But mm. he's like, this is it. And you just don't know how long it's, it'd be sooner or later. As soon as someone like comes in with better foot skills or whatever, yeah, I'm not saying it's long term. I'm saying the next three or four yeah. weeks is going to be a real hard slog for some yeah, fantasy yeah. coaches. And if you got a guy who can come out and you know score an eighty, like lock him in. Yeah, you take that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Hayward. He had seventy five points, and he's actually almost getting reversed horsed. So horses put him in a better spot for scoring, which doesn't happen ever. Like, <laughs> think about it. He's actually they put him in the back line, and he started to rack up, uh, rack up some numbers. So he's had two good weeks in a row. On the weekend, he had fifteen touches, six marks, and four tackles. He's got some mad skills. Uh, he's got some good speed. I really like him as a player. He's just never been able to offer anything fantasy wise because he's been stuck in that you know forward pocket role. So look, he's twenty three percent owned, and if the position change that he's gone into stays I think he's one you could definitely add because he's got some value going forward he's only you know 22 23 uh, if he ends up being that kind of you know speedster off that half back line I reckon he could be one that could be very handy for your side yeah with uh, Hewitt out as well on the weekend wasn't he so that could have mm. seen a bit more of a bump there do you think though like do you ever worry that sometimes if a player gets too good like horse just might just drop him for no <laughs> reason do you reckon that's a legit chance Absolutely. <laughs> it's in science, isn't it? <laughs> how about how about Ryan Clark? How I think last week yeah. he was he was looking like a genuine. It was like, oh, he's up and about. Here he goes. He's finally hitting his scoring straps. Twenty eight, yeah. I think he scored. Yeah. Um Ryan Clark. Yeah. That's classic. a very Ryan Clark thing classic. to do, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we just blame it on horse though. It's horse's fault. Yeah. 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 We can do that. <laughs> or horse giveth, horse taketh away. I don't say that. Um James Raybottom, 72 points, uh, 16 touches, six tackles. Uh, he's really starting to deliver. Look, obviously, no Kennedy, no Hewitt, no um, uh, Heaney in there. Some more midfield time for him. He just looks like he, he's got a real hunger for the footy. Um, yeah, uh, I'm big on James Raybottom, you know, second-year player. He's only going to get better um, and has plenty of strings to his bow. Seven clearances leading all for Swans, so it's exactly what they need right he's now. He's a jet. He's a jet. Um, speaking of guys getting horsed, Case. Uh, speaking of guys who just maybe are not even good enough to be talked on this oh, pod. come on. Uh, Jordan no. Dawson, come 56. On. Come on now. You is he ever going to be good? Like He's, had- he's very good. <laughs> Why isn't he scoring? <laughs> he's the be- I'd say, I was going to say he's the best. Yeah, we're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a gun. I just, yeah, he's, he's not being put in a scoring position. And I was always sceptical when the rules changed to being shorter quarters 
and that it wasn't look like he was going to be playing sort of that friendly wing role where, you know, I think Jordan Dawson honestly would be the perfect fit to be that Lockie Whitfield role. Not the Lockie Whitfield. He's never going to be a Lockie Whitfield. Nobody is. He's a gun. No, I've got it down. It's on record. You're saying that he's going to be Lockie Whitfield. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll cut that up. Selective yeah. Yeah. editing. Yeah. You'll cut I'll, that make, up. I'll make that sound like you've just said that. Yeah. But he has the tank to run up and down the ground and use his elite kick. He's got one of the best, if not the best, kicks in the comp, as Sydney yeah, claimed on their Twitter. Uh, Good the other week. Yeah. But anyway, he's, he's not putting it together, in which case, if you're allowing him to be on the Keeper League pod, I say buy low. That's uh, buy low on the Jordan Dawson. If I'd you be owned low, him, if absolutely. you're a half and owned him, what are you doing? You have to hold? Holding. I'm yeah, holding, yeah. Absolutely. I'm holding and just hoping he either gets unhorsed or he just starts playing, yeah, starts playing a role that uh, is more suited to him. He's elite users. They always want to, teams eventually always want to find a way to get the ball in their hands. They're going to want to get the ball in his hands more and more as time goes on. It's but they've just got Mills happen. and Lloyd. Do they need a third? He is that's, the best. That is that is the issue though as well. That's yeah. a genuine issue where there's just too many mouths as well. Mm. Yeah, hopefully Back he gets traded. Bye, low. Hef, take it away. To, hopefully he goes to Carlton soon. Your game. <laughs> All right, uh, West Coast versus Geelong. Um, watch this at the Mighty Walkerville Footy Club because my internet dropped out and uh, couldn't get KO up and running. Wasn't free to air, so I said to the missus, oh, sorry, I have to go to the footy club and watch this one. And she was understanding, so it was nice. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, she actually was. It was good. Uh, she knows I'm grumpy if I don't get to watch footy. 89 points for uh, Cam Guthrie. Uh, seems to be a player who's uh, thrown back into the pool every year. I think he was in the dra- our draft again this year. Kays, he always seems to be in there. So, so is this year any different? Does he become more capable with the uh, the more midfield time he's playing, I guess? And that's probably down to the few injuries that are in uh, Geelong's midfield. And they are kind of slowly coming back. Um, look, does he get the boot out of that kind of midfield time when Selwood gets back? Or is someone like Simpson more likely to go out and, you know, Guthrie keeps playing this role? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But right now, the way he's scoring, uh, he's definitely a viable option. Are you talking long term or this year for that question? Uh, well, you know, long term. Next year, what, do you keep him? Like, uh, I think you have to. He's 20. Yeah. He's averaging 80-odd this year. Yeah, He know. just always seems to be thrown back. And he, he pro- he'll probably end, finish off this season lower on a low point than what he is now. He'll probably come back uh, you know, to reality at some point. But he's always capable of producing. So it's a, he's, a, he's a tricky one. Yeah, look, 2016, he averaged 80. And then 17, 18, 19, in between 60 and 76. Yeah. So look, that's where that's his... That's basically. Was that did he, he did he just completely suffer when danger was it danger that came across was it around that time or was it a bit earlier than that because <laughs> I just remember changed. he was on a trajectory yeah. upward and then yeah he had the role change and this year I've been so impressed by him like yeah. I'd be so, I'd be a hundred percent keeping him at this rate like just the eye test as well he's just looking yeah really clean I, I just out think there. he's always passed the eye test though that's the thing and he's always when he's getting the role he's fine it's just does he maintain that role that helps him score. Uh, at the moment, I think he is actually going to hold it. I think, you know, you're more likely to lose Simpson or something in the next few weeks. Yeah, even guys in, like so. Parfit have got to push him yeah, out. True. And at the moment, yeah. they're not doing enough yeah. on the offensive end, I think. Defensively, they're working yeah. hard, but yeah, they're just not getting enough pill. Just want to check with one case. Sam mm. Minigola, is he 2G4P? We established that. Uh, I think, yeah, you can knock him off. All right, good. Just, yep. This season, he's, he's been good. Yeah, okay, cool. I've just got a little sound grab somewhere saying he's uh, not best 22. But anyway, uh, we'll keep moving on. I wasn't so. alone in saying that. <laughs> Mark Blitzars. Uh, he had 69 points. Uh, Playing in the ruck, so at the moment. So he's always going to score some good numbers if he's doing that. And he's listed as a defender in ultimate footy. But I don't know. Stanley does come back in a couple of weeks. Do you think he comes straight back in? Or do you reckon there's any chance he maintains this role with uh, Sava Radigalia? Or is this kind of like, you know, a flash in the pan thing where he's just chopping out for a few weeks and then Stanley comes back? A ruckman will definitely come back in. They yeah, can't. Yeah. I don't think they can afford to have Blitzard. But you've seen Geelong like, in the past, just sometimes just not name ruckman. Like, they I think- just- 
as fantasy coaches, we'd love him to stay there. Yeah. And clearly, he plays that role awesome. Yeah. But as an all Australian fullback defender, he's he's locked in there. Do you remember? Though, yeah, yeah, true. I guess they, he's too vital for the side at that point. But do you just remember like the first final last year where I know Stanley did end up coming in as a late emergency, but they, but they didn't name a Ruckman for that game. They didn't name Stanley anyway. So they were just going to yeah. go with Sav and Blitzavs in that game as well. So I don't know. I reckon it's going to be interesting. I do have the gut feel that they will, you know, bring Stanley back in or someone back in, maybe Fort um, to Ruck. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting. Same with the Sav uh, Radigalia. He had 66 points and I guess he's also going to see a bump as well, um, you know, with Geelong not playing a full time. Ruck at the moment, but you can't really trust him going forward. But I just like to give credit for a half decent score for uh, someone who's definitely keeper league relevant. I think so. he's handy enough. Yeah. I actually do think there's something in Sav. I don't know whether it's going to be like a- he's the type that you're going to take a late pick on next year. I reckon like real late in the draft and just see how he goes and just keep rolling these guys out. What like you know they're they're both streaming options while they're playing this well, yeah. just while they're getting the ruck chop out. As long as we don't get a fort or a. Um, Stanley name, just yep. keep pumping them out because they're going to score. Good okay. streaming options, yeah. Yep. Uh, Jamie Cripps, uh, Doss, I know you're a big fan of this guy. Uh, 72 points, uh, playing his usual half-forward role. He averaged 81 in 2018, the year the Big Hoofers won the Premiership. So uh, any <laughs> chance he could do this more consistently. So he's got another two games in Perth, so he does kind of seem to play a bit better over there. But they're probably going to – West Coast are probably going to see a lot more interstate footy after this big chunk of not leaving home. So, uh, yeah, do you think he could do this more consistently or do you reckon it's just going to be, you know, you ride the ride the tide with him and see how he goes? Yeah, probably more ride the tide with, yeah. with Cripps. Like, yeah, I don't have a heap to add on that. Like, there's, they've got a bunch of small forwards. I think a couple of guys will go have their day sort of thing. You know, Liam Ryan might have his day. And it's too hard to pick who's actually going to do it. It is yeah. too hard to pick. He scored well in the past, though, so I don't have a problem sort of rolling him out and seeing if it does continue. Like, we might get a Dan Butler situation. He just hits a hot patch, you know, for a few weeks and you, you're laughing. But I wouldn't say it's going to be a seasonal thing here. Yeah. All right, and uh, last one for West Coast. I've got Josh Kennedy. So he had 56 points, but kick four goals there. I reckon get on board him as a streamer um, and get him on your field, especially while he's playing in Perth because he seems to be scoring pretty well. Kaze, you got your hand up. What do you want to say something? Why is Liam Duggan not in this show, Doc? Because he's 2G, mate. Is he officially 2G? No, nah, I don't know. I was, I've was i been pretty rushed on this, <laughs> to be honest. So 74 points, and he's the 15th best backman in the last five games. Maybe he's 2G, yeah. He's flying. He's close. He's gone 69, 77, 78, 68, 74, and just, no one even knows who he is. I just feel like I can't say anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't feel like I can say anything more about him like than what we have over the last few weeks. Like He's just playing that same role, and he's scoring well. So good. Yeah. Can we tick him off? Uh, One more. Okay. All right. Oscar Allen too. I don't yeah. know if you mentioned him in previous weeks. Yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah. The, the rock, the ruck chop out's probably going to be there for four or five years, yep. and then he's going to, you know, just Absolutely. light it up. Yep. All right. Uh, last uh, couple games. So this afternoon's game, Gold Coast versus GWS. Benny Ainsworth, seventy-eight points from him. He's borderline two G for P for sure. But he bounced back from a poor week last week and basically played the perfect half forward flankers game, uh, just minus the bulk goals. So had fourteen touches, nine marks. He was just that perfect lead up small forward today. Uh, very much Toby Green like when he's on fire. The only issue is he can't kick over 40 metres, it seems. He had a couple like <laughs> straight in front of shot goal, straight in front of goal shots from, you know, 45, 50 and uh, left them short. But uh, he's going to be a very, very good player going forward. He's got all the all the tricks, uh, knows what the goals are, um, does everything right. So he'd be one I'd be uh, really wanting a piece of because he's, uh, he's finally fit. We haven't seen that for a couple of years and uh, Gold Coast are going places. So I'm high on Ben Ainsworth for sure. 
Uh, Jack Lacocious, he had 74 points. He's, is he 2G for P yet? Because uh, if it's not based on ability or scoring this year, his trajectory is uh, going through the roof. He reads the ball absolutely beautifully, uh, takes the kick out, seizes the ball well by foot. His worst score for the season is only a 47. Well, so, I was aware of that. Yeah, so he's uh, super consistent, got a very high floor, which is great. For me, he's a lock and low for 10 years. Do you reckon, he's, um, do you reckon he's locked into this role for 10 years? Yes. You know, I don't, he's going to go back to key forward? He's so good back there. There's no reason they, they wouldn't play him. I just feel he like that's a, a little. I think he played a little forward in this too. I think they rotated yeah, him good. around a little bit. So yeah. I reckon it is going to be... Uh, chop and change a bit, so but for man. his youth, for his youth, I think for sure they're just going to keep rolling him off the back line, get him as that user. But I think for, for the two G for P thing, if if none of if any of your listeners have him available in their league, he shouldn't be after this pod, and then you can wipe him off for two G for P. Like in terms of prospects, maybe not scoring output, amazing yep. scoring output, consistency for this season. But yep. like you said, for a ten year guy that you're going to go keep, keep, keep. Yeah, Lukosius is your man for. 10 years. 100%. Uh, Will Powell had 58 points. He kind of caught my eye today. Had 17 touches and five marks. Probably still a bit to improve on disposal-wise and probably just needs to fill out a touch more. But he does have some tricks. Uh, looking back last year, he turned up in round one and also had 470 scores last year. So, look, there's plenty of competition for spots, but uh, it was a number 17 draft pick for their side, so should be given every chance. Um, for me, I think he's like a late flyer for next year's draft. I think he'll slide, uh, but he does have a few tricks. Uh, he's obviously playing over guys like Fiorini. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think Ju kind of likes what he can do. So, he's just one to keep your eye on for the rest of the season. I think he's uh, he's got something about him. Uh, uh, Harry Himmelberg had 74 points. Uh, really good doubt for him. Kicked three goals along with seven, uh, 16 touches, sorry, and seven marks. Just one of those guys who's capable on his day. Uh, very hard to, to make a case to start each week. But just thinking over the next uh, three weeks and probably a bit further on if you go deeper into finals, he's got that ruck forward status. So could be one that... Be, would be a nice inclusion for you if you, you your main ruckman's out and you need someone just to float in there because he's on his worst day he's going to score you 30 or 40 which isn't great but it's 30 or 40 more points than you might have without playing a ruckman so look at 42% owned he's um, definitely obviously always in their best 22 always seems to find the goals as well so could just be a nice add if you are playing through the buys and need some ruck cover and lastly, Aiden Kaur, he had 65 points. He's not quite 2G for P yet, but his role is becoming super, super fantasy friendly. Look, takes the kickouts at GWS, which is amazing considering they've got Heyshaw, Zach Williams, Lockie yeah. Whitfield. They've got a plethora of guys that could take the kickouts and he's doing it. Um, for me, looks that likely replacement long-term for Heyshaw, the kind of small, nuggety defender who can run and take the kickouts. So... Just while, um, you know, Nick Haynes is taking all the accolades for taking the intercept marks and Zach Williams got the speed, etc. Yeah. Aiden Core just goes about his job every day, um, just keeps racking up some touches and some good fantasy scores of late. Yeah. And, uh, well, in our fantasy league, he wasn't taken this season, so we'll definitely be available in the pool next year. So, just doesn't I think have he'll that, be very high. He doesn't have that sexy name no, or the, nah. like, sexy play style. He's, yeah. he's got the glove on. That's about all his uh, flash he's got going on there. But Michael yeah, he, he's just he's just getting the job done week yeah. to week. I've been shocked at his uh, ascendance this year, but it's been uh, it's been Stats impressive. And yeah, yeah, it's like you said. I think they are just nurturing him, even though they have those players that maybe could take the kick-ins this year as well. They're mm-hmm. nurturing him into that role to give him a practice for for the future. Just yeah. on today, I didn't count them or anything, but to my eye, it looked like Williams was taking a lot of Williams the kick-ins as well. Now, as well. Yeah, yeah, so looks like he might lose a few from there, but he still scored pretty consistently today, so I wouldn't be too worried. 
Yeah. All right. We haven't actually done uh, a lot of research on the Fremantle Collingwood game. So literally finished the uh, the second we started this podcast. But we've got a few names we need to talk about. And I think the big one, I guess the yeah. man that's on everyone's lips is uh, Caleb Sarong. Mm. I thought you were going to say David Mundy, man. <laughs> <laughs> Lighten it up. <laughs> Yet again, the fossil. Uh, yeah, wow, Sarong. I can't believe that. It's 92, back to back. Went with Dangerfield last week, carved him up in the wet and then uh, busts out a 92 from... 24 disposals, six tackles in this game, 14 contested possessions, and that's with Nat Fife in the side. Yeah, so. interesting to note that the time on ground's up again as well, up to 77. So I think it was 80 last week, 77 yeah. this week. As soon as he, he's, he's um, seen that bump, uh, the scoring's come with it. So really good to see, and I guess you just wonder why other players just can't have more of a bump. But anyway. Well, it was going to be him or Blakely that missed that was low time on ground, and yep. just seeing that's obviously they're going to they're pre- prefer Sarong here. Yep. Um, it's impressive. Do you want to talk about Connor Blakely too? The return. <laughs> yeah, my well. 74 points. That's a yeah. really good hit out. That is a great 61% time on ground as well. Yeah. Didn't go great by foot at 56%, but it seemed like he was playing a good game. I didn't catch yeah. a heap of this, just a little bit. But yeah. I watched the first half and he looked pretty solid. So Yeah. yeah. And with um, Tucker out now for the whole season, you'd think, he, yeah. you, you'd think he holds the spot, but, you know, there's a bit of issues with, you know, whatever's going on with Fremantle. The reason why he wasn't uh, playing at, at this point in time up until now, we don't really know why that's the case. But it's a bit concerning. But I guess you, you've got nothing to lose if – well, he would be on someone's list anyway. So, you've got nothing to lose if you got him. And he's probably worth just fielding over the next few weeks and uh, holding on to for this season just to mm-hmm. – going forward, he should be pretty yeah. reasonable. Blake Akers, would you – would yeah. you be interested in buying, seeing as he got dropped in this game? That, that, that was astonishing. Yeah, I'm really not sure what's going on there. So I don't know whether it was arrest, you know, and that's why. Well, Blake no, omit- it was certainly omitted, and it was. Yeah, but they sometimes write on there like it's. Yeah, I think there was guys they said managed, and he was certainly an okay, omission, and he hasn't he hasn't been playing the way that he was in the preseason, like he was getting talked up, absolutely yeah. dominating. So. Yeah, I don't he know. He might be that almost play for the whole his whole career because yeah. he was the same at St Kilda. Like it was like he f- showed glimpses and then never got that. I think I'm still ready to take a chance on him though. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm oh, still ready. Would uh, you be taking a chance on Ethan Hughes? We talked about him earlier on. Doss, he set the world on fire at the start of the game yeah, and just dropped off. You yeah. were like fifty, 50 in the first time. quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, twenty for the rest of the uh, for the game. I do like how he goes about it, but they've got a few too many mouths to feed down there. Maybe, maybe next year, maybe yeah. the year after when they lose a few of these veterans. But yeah, yeah, exactly my thinking. But the role that he's got is super fantasy friendly. That's what draws me to him. Um, and then I guess blokes like Ryan, who would usually play this role, are now playing a lot taller and stuff like that. So he's kind of mm-hmm. slotted into into that and I think that's worked pretty well for them uh, just another pod favourite that's always going to be around uh, he's never going to be 2G4 but that's Matt Tabernard scoring 84 this week as well kicking four goals so um, uh, oh, if I, if he I was thought we wrote him off him. man nah because he does. he's too up and down but like Last year, because we, we've talked, I reckon we've mentioned this stat like heaps of times and the listeners are probably getting sick of it, but hey, when you took away all the guys that lost their DPP forward status, he was a top 10 forward last year. Yeah. So, that was ridiculous. So no, from four games. Bloody part, from four man. games. But no, nah, he's not too good yet. Uh, question. What do you do if you own uh, Tom Phillips? Yeah, that's a good question. He's I having reckon a hell of a tough year. You've got to hold just in case he gets that midfield time back. It was probably not going to happen this year. But monitor what's going to happen in the next few days. Like, Pendlebury won't go forever. Like, I don't know, out, though. He didn't help him. I think his name's being thrown out there in uh, trade or free. I think he might be a free agent. No, this, not sure. Yeah. This mm. year. So I think, yeah, monitor that. Because I think guys like Josh Dacos are coming in and taking that wing role. Josh Dacos, yep. my goodness. Uh, his score, his <laughs> scores, aren't, excited, his scores aren't there yet, but he's a guy that. He's yeah, got some tricks. So keen to see his fantasy game going forward. But, um,. Yeah, Tom Phillips, I've got him in a league. Uh, with the forward status, it's very handy, but Still yeah, the scores amazing. just aren't yeah. there. And um, 
yeah, I'd, I'd think of either holding or if someone's super high on him, just just dump him. But I think his only way of going up from here is trade or or free agency move, which I do see as a possibility because he's certainly still got he's he's still super young, so he's got plenty of time. Yeah, uh, yeah, a few more uh, comical players. So uh, John Noble, um, he had a great game, ninety six points. Uh, what's that? Twenty five touches as well, for seven marks coming off that uh, halfback role. He's a player that always shows glimpses. Glimpses, I reckon, like, since he's come in last year. Um, do you reckon? First of all, he's you know confirmed as a best twenty two player for Collingwood. Uh, yes, for me. You reckon? Yeah. Playing in finals last year was pretty telling. But, He's uh, only racked up 12 months of AFL footy now because he came into the system halfway through the year last year. Uh, you know, if he holds his spot for the rest of this season, I think he's locked it for the next year. Yeah, another. Yeah. I'm, I'm not so sold, but um, on on him being long term best twenty two. But scores like this as well are going to be awesome for the short term. But people like Isaac Quainer coming through. I mean, Pendle's out of the side. Who does that push? down back maybe was Jack Chris playing more inside in this game like you know what I mean he was all over the place yeah so I'm sort of more uh, tentative that he is best 22 considering how how topsy-turvy he's Mm. been in and out of the side this year and also just the mouth to feed that's another issue in that Collingwood back line as well he he got 96 so yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but he's pretty good yeah (laughs) Darcy Moore as well is uh, a guy who's never going to be a super sexy name in uh, you know the AFL fantasy scoring classic but pumped out of 65 this week he's done reasonable scores like this you know the post or the sorry the BCV 80 he hits that quite a bit at the moment, so I like him as well. Well, yeah. Does does Magin or someone back in the side allow him to play the um, the interceptor role that Jeremy Howe was playing as well, and sort of get a more little of bit that more? But he's been doing it still without Magin in the side as well. So mm. I don't think it's a huge factor, but it definitely doesn't help. It helps. That's for sure. I think it yeah, helps. Yeah. Definitely. Um, what about Braden Sawyer? Forty points. Kicked yeah. a goal early on. It's just a name that we're constantly a- quizzed about. That's all. Yeah, well, they even questioned that on the the coverage today. Like, you know, like much maligned, not much maligned, but you know, the the guy that everyone always asks, where yeah. is he? He's finally here, that kind of thing. So, well, I mean, how do we know what he's really like when you get sixty six percent time on ground in shortened quarters? This is this is my issue with when you give a guy inverted commas a chance. It's like <laughs> the Charlie Constable. What I said on the weekend. Chris Scott didn't deserve Charlie Constable put his body on the line like that. He didn't give him the opportunity. He got another 50% time on ground before he got KO'd in the last quarter. I don't know. Like, he's probably never going to get the time on ground. I just remember I said this on a preseason show with you, Hef. Sire, in that grand final, he had 21 touches in half a game. And every time he was near the ball, I was nervous that because I'm a West Coast man. Yeah that he was going to get it and he was using it like in my perspective whenever he was there he was going to beat our guys and win it so I think he's still AFL standard guy um, kicked a snag in this one had 13 touches but didn't score well didn't get the time on ground who knows that wasn't a pre-season show by the way that was three weeks ago on the Wave Wire podcast so well your, I have your a memory, goldfish memory your memory is shot you didn't mention that you didn't mention that awesome alright uh, that wraps up the round rewind we'll just give the membership a bit of a plug so straight after this we're going to record the Wave Wire podcast uh, they come out to, usually every Monday but they're just going to be coming out straight after the round uh, at the moment uh, while we get through the chaos uh, fixture but I'm still going to update the breakout tracker um, through this the projections are pretty much up and ready to go already um, so uh, they'll be out uh, either later tonight or early tomorrow and then the AFL Fantasy 
scores for and against uh, the free resource that's up on the premium resource section that tells you uh, basically who's given up the most points, uh, who's scoring the most points uh, in all the positions as well. So we didn't actually get a new gold member this week. It's the first time, you know, all, all pre-season we got three or every round. First time we didn't get a sign-up. So, yeah, it's a little we'll bit sad. But see what the DOS bump does. If we get like 10 next week, it'll yeah. be uh, all thanks to the golden tonsils. Must be. Might have oh, to, yeah. Might have to become a regular because with all that time that you've got. Throw my so. name in there and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't get a discount. It <laughs> <laughs> could be a code. Yeah. Well, we can give away a code. DOS. 10%, uh, 10% yeah. off your DOS. Anyway. Uh, Actually, while well, I remember, um, I just want to give a shout out to um, our friend DOS, Hef. He gets a bit upset when we talk about DOS and it's not, oh, that's, not DOS. That's right. Yep. Sorry. Um, there's a DOS intruder, is there? Yeah. No, there's, a, there's an actually original DOS. You're not the, real DOS. the OG yeah. DOS. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the imposter DOS. So a big yeah. shout out to the OG DOS. Shout he, out he to the OG it. DOS. Actually, yeah, saw him on the weekend and uh, apparently his housemate gets real confused when he keeps hearing DOS playing on his podcast and thinks it's talking about him, but it's not. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, speaking, of, speaking of uh, getting nothing, uh, we've got no podcast reviews either. So uh, <laughs> we've got none to read out, but if you've got uh, five minutes to jump jump on the Apple account and uh, give us one. We'd really appreciate that. And yeah, we'll read out in the pod. If you do, uh, get around to it. So anyway, uh, let's move on to some listener questions. Everyone's favourite segment, the listener questions. Uh, we put the call out this morning uh, and a few people were good enough to get onto us and ask for a, f- a few questions for the segment. So we'll get stuck into it because uh, the podcast has already gone for 70 minutes. So that's standard us. But Before we start, I just okay, got some uh, late mail from AFL Stats, mate. Okay. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, CBA is down to eight from 20. Yeah, okay. That's down a bit. But that doesn't concern me because it was only it was up last week more than usual. Like Yes, last week was a bump. Look, you can hold still on to this well. one fleeting game, have. It wasn't really a fleeting game. Still called score 78. <laughs> yeah, continue. Anyway, uh, just had to bring in this 2G4P while we mentioned him. Okay, officially uh, now. Stuart Ward asks, uh, what does uh, the Hawks' fantasy back line mix look like for keepers moving forwards with Sicily, Day and Scrimshaw all seemingly uh, being the same tallish marking distributor types? What do you guys think? Um, look, obviously, Sicily's the big dog back there. I think that's not going to change. Uh, and I don't see him ever going forward again. He was almost that swing man for a period. Didn't he get thrown up like a little bit last week? We kicked a goal last week, which was really concerning. I'm talking like long yeah, term. Yeah. But um, every time he goes up there, you get worried that he's going to stay up there. If Hawthorne can get their forward line right with like Lewis, Patton, uh, O'Brien, kind of like they're going to be potent enough up there anyway. I think that Sicily's much better back there. Look, I don't know. Will Day, is is he like a natural halfback flanker? Is that where he spent, you know, the majority of his uh, juniors? Yeah, I think that's a role. Oh, kind of like on wing as well. So he might move up the ground when uh, yeah. someone like a Smith or something goes out. So Scrimshaw's the one yeah. for me. I think he's a really good ball user. I think he's definitely cementing spot, cementing his spot on that halfback line. But... They've got a few guys back there that can play that role too. Like, you know, they've got some really talented youngsters coming through. So, yeah. We have to see how Hawthorne actually just go in the next few as well. It's going to be really interesting where they end up and how they end up fantasy-wise as well, how much time they actually have the ball in their possession and things like that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, We'll move on. Uh, Scott Ridquist uh, asked, uh, do you see Darcy McPherson getting back uh, to more some more decent scores? So, Doss, you're wearing the Gold Coast uh, Yeah, mate, I've got here. the Gold Coast jacket so you're on You're obviously here. the Gold Coast um, expert. So, Yeah, I'm the Gold Coast expert. And I had uh, Darcy McPherson as a burn man um, this preseason because yeah. 
he tends to only score well, at least last year when we were recording CBAs. Whenever he got the CBA bump, he scored well. Whenever he didn't, he scored bad. I just don't think he's necessarily going to be a good score scorer as a forward, particularly when they have goal sneaks like Isaac Rankin, um, a, a leading goal kicker like Sexton, those guys down there, and even a Ben King now, where he's either going to have to kick bags as a small forward to score well, or he's going to have to lay a ton of tackles or get a few marks up the ground. I just don't think he's yeah. his role at the moment is in that <coughs> vein. And and even a guy like Ben Ainsworth, like you're mm-hmm. talking about, I think he's a better option yep. um, because he can get up the ground a bit and that's where they want him. I think yeah. Darcy Mack would also be one of these guys that if he ever, you know, got that midfield role, even if it was at another club, he'd certainly be a scorer. I just yeah, think he's yeah. a, he needs if, if he went to Carlton, you mean? Even watching, <laughs> <laughs> watching, watching today's game, he actually scored 52 points, which is one of his better scores of the year. But it's not like he's that natural crumbing forward who's at the fall of the pack and he's not like a great lead-up like Ainsworth. He was just getting a few like, – he was leading up the ground and got a few kicks around there. But yeah. he's more of that um, poor, like really, really poor man's yeah. pros Tom Lynch where it's just like mm. – but and. There's nothing else. It doesn't seem that there's nothing else uh, to his game. And, yeah, and a lot so. of people got, like, I guess, kind of sucked into him a bit last year with the midfield oh, time he was spending definitely. as well. But just with the, the the mix of the youngsters that came in, so Rail and Anderson just pff, straight out because those guys go straight in. And bringing in Greenwood too and mixing with the, mixing yeah. with the Selwood, the Swallow, the Ellis, so um, Weller and Miller in there as well. Yeah. There's just no room for him. So he's just playing up forward and, he's, and then he's also got blokes ahead of him in the forward line. So You've gone from yeah. the worst team in the league to like a semi-okay, mediocre yeah. team or yeah. even better than that according yeah, yeah. to some people. Team. Yeah, exactly. So it's just going to be harder to get those scores and definitely harder to get that mid-time. All right. Wayne Gartner asked, uh, in the dewy conditions in Queensland night games, a factor in fantasy scoring, um, is that just a myth or excuse or is that a real thing, Case? Well, without actually having any hard stats on that, I think it's a myth. Because if you looked at last week's Frio Cats game, which was in torrential rain, it was pouring horribly, the scores are still really good. Now, what it does is it changes who scores, I think. Like if you're a natural kick mark kind of player, obviously you're going to take a hit because you're not going to get those, you know, easy switches. The, the marks are usually down. But if you're an inside player, you know, you're going to get a lot more handballs because it just ends up being a big rolling scrum, uh, a lot more tackles. So I don't think as a whole that the scoring necessarily drops off, but I think it is dependent on what position you are. It changes the, the, who the fantasy scorers are though, I think. Like yes, someone definitely. like Gorn, I think, is battling a little bit. Not He's still averaging like 100 each week, but he's not getting 116, 120 type of thing because he's not taking as many marks around the ground. It's the marks. So, yeah, because yeah, they, they're bobbing, bobbling out a lot more and stuff like that. So, that's what um, that's what changes. So, guys that you kind of depend on for the big marks, I think, do struggle a bit. But the, the tacklers, the and, tacklers, tacklers and the contested it. ball winners, they still go okay. So, yeah, there's just more of a spread, I think. Uh at Nathan Ears. Uh, Kaz, do you want to read this one out? Sure. Jay Rant- sorry, Jay Rantle versus Trent Bianco going by the fantasy numbers in the NAB and state leagues. Who has the bigger fantasy pedigree and who would you most likely take a punt on? Hef, you're the stats man here. Yeah, I scraped uh, these earlier in the year and they're available at keeperleaguepod.com.au from the under-18 champs and all the state leagues that the uh, under-18s played in last year. Uh, so Rantle, uh, under-18 champs, he averaged 68.3 and then the NAB league, he averaged seven, uh, 97.4 and then uh, under 18 championships, uh, uh, sorry, Bianco, this is Bianco, this is at the under 18 championships. Uh, he averaged 75.7 in the NAB league, uh, he averaged 
point five. Uh, for me, I reckon I'd go with Bianco. Just uh, plays that kind of you know roaming halfback role. Um, possession getter at the underage level. Rantel's got more of the winger type who you know scores fine, but you know doesn't get as much of the ball as their inside counterparts. And you know they're a bit more dime a dozen. These are kind of outside players, I think, as well. Um, the only thing is, being at Collingwood, uh, there is probably like an abundance of those kind of defenders that do come out of there. But I think long term, he does play the. And I think being a defender is probably just a bit more valuable than being a winger in keeper leagues as well because you want. Am I right in saying he's a Caleb Daniel type guy? Like, and not yeah. not in terms of like obviously <laughs> be that. I, I thought he was. I thought he was a short little tacker. I don't know. I don't, I, I've, I've never th- actually. I've never actually seen him. I've just looked at his I numbers. I thought he was a shorter sort of. Oh, one seventy six is probably not as small as I was thinking. But that's still pretty he's small. Very light framed. Yeah. Um, light frame player. So that's the sort of guy that you know he'd be Caleb Daniel light, if, if yeah. you will. Tall, taller Caleb Daniel. Well, light. No, knowing knowing that he's that height, maybe not. I don't know. You don't see guys that small go that well that often, except for Caleb Daniel. So, well, I think he, he's uh, the reason I bring him up is because I think he's also supposed to be an elite kick. So that's sort of why Caleb Daniel's playing such a high level is because he's just kick is absolutely elite. So he has to play. So that's where Bianco probably has to be to get in the team in the first place. So. I'm pretty happy with your Caleb Daniel comparison there. I yeah, like that. So he's going to be Caleb Daniel. Okay. Cool. Um, we'll go with that. <laughs> cool. So uh, next one at uh, Time Miller. So he wants to uh, ask HK Doss. Ask Doss who he likes this week so I can dump them. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, well, I think you've got a few uh, a few ben options Keys, say ben Keys. there. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say I like him, so I won't, I won't, I won't bring myself to that. Um, gee. Well, I mean, yeah, all my, all my choices have been rancid so far this year, but uh, I was thinking about buying low on a Seb Ross, so maybe just avoid that. Oh, you already killed him anyways. <laughs> you killed him as well. He's going to bring him in in his car. <laughs> just off. thinking about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the next question, Case? Uh, the next one is from at Kang Daddy. I have both Jamont and Jed Anderson in my dynasty league. Are they going to be long-term future North mids, or are they just benefiting from injuries and a chance to sell them high now? Keep up the great work, champions. Yeah, well, I like DeMont probably just a little bit more because we talked yep. about Anderson probably benefiting from Cunnington being out and we're not sure how that would go. Um, Anderson might be one you'd probably want to sell high on at the moment as well. We just have yeah, another thought there. But uh, look, once Higgins goes, I reckon, you know, you'll see DeMont as kind of one of the main midfield balls, well, if not the midfield ball in uh, North Melbourne's side. So I reckon I like DeMont out of those. Certainly DeMont for me as well for, yep. the, for the reasons we mentioned earlier. Cool. And he's younger. Uh, Only by a year though, I think. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, Jamont's got some game though. Yeah, yeah, he's he got a fantasy pedigree. And, yeah, and, and we've Anderson. seen some big scores from him as well. Tom on ground scores, is a huge yeah. concern with Jed Anderson. We've never seen it go high and it's still, even though he scored well, it's 75% like we said, when the contested ball goes for him, he can't score. For mm. sure. Uh, at needs at F-U-I-C, uh, what's happening with Simkin at North? I uh, left him on my field thinking he'd go big against the lowly Crows. Do you reckon the injury like from a couple weeks ago is kind of concerning him a bit? I know he hasn't uh, played. Joss, you look confused. We're talking about Simkin here. Thanks, mate. Because <laughs> <laughs> no um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, like he was touted to actually miss uh, a couple of weeks ago with that ankle. Yep. Ended up playing, but scored shit in that game and scored shit again this week. So it might be actually hurting him. Potentially. Well, if you look at that game, so round seven uh, against Richmond, he had 43 from only 61% time on ground. So obviously the injury there. Yep. And then he's come back with a 44 from 73 and a 57 from 79. So yeah. potentially it is. Um, you, might, you might see a rest in the next week or so just to, 
now that they've got the win under their belt, you know, to avoid the spoon, yeah. they might actually rest him. Well, he certainly yeah. copped the tag um, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, he, he's going to be a guy that will probably cop a bit of attention, particularly we've always seen it's a copycat league in a way where if, it, if, if, it if a tag one, affects yeah. one person, they're going to go straight back to it. So, I definitely expect more coming his yeah. way in the future. Yeah. Um, oh, so you've got to stick with him. He's, he's an absolute – leave, leave him on the field was the question. Uh, yeah, I, I'd still continue to do it, of course. Like, yeah. he, he potentially could be in the um, One classic of top, sense, still potentially yeah. a top six, top eight guy. Yeah. Possibly. Definitely. If he, if he in the forward line. Track, yeah. yeah. All right, that wraps it up. So, another big episode. What do we What do we get to? 80 minutes. That's a that's a monster. So, oh, well. It's uh, more, more Sorry, information. Boys. Nah, it's fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. It's uh, actually quite common we go too long anyway, so that's fine. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, make sure you get on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter and not TikTok, TikTok for too much longer by the sounds because, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucky I never got a Scotty, TikTok. Scotty Morrison's going to give that one the yeah, flick soon as well following Trump's lead. So, uh, yeah, don't bother getting on that one, I don't reckon. But, uh, yeah, follow the other ones. And the membership stuff, so there's a link in the description to all those as well. So if you're keen to have a look at those, uh, check it out. Uh, thank you, Doss, uh, mm. for joining us this week. Um, no worries. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Good of you to come all the way down here to Angle Park uh, Don the sun's jacket Exactly Do my argument for Fiorini I knew that I would have worn my son's scarf No I could have got around it together Should have worn your crow's gear to get around keys But anyway I need to go find a keys badge That's (laughs) that's my thing to do this week Alright Next week we're recording on Saturday morning I think it is uh, And we're going to have Louis from Lane Kicking on the podcast So that should be another special guest uh, Another interesting podcast to do Elite stat man Elite stat man And insider Just a great uh, Got a great fantasy mind as well And yeah Loves to drop a few names here and there as well. So, <laughs> clang. <laughs> anyway, we'll wrap that one up and uh, yeah, have a good week and we'll uh, talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.